You're listening to Connect Communities Podcast, recorded live in Stamford, Connecticut. If you'd like to know more about our community, stop by our website at www.connectcommunity.tv. Enjoy the message. So I titled this message, How Big Is Your God? Because if I'm going to be honest with you, I am tired of serving a little God. You know, I am tired of thinking that God can show up in some areas, but he can't show up in others. I am a little bit tired of hearing, like, I'm a follower of Jesus, but, but, you know, like, we half believe. We half think that our God can do it. We half believe that this, whatever situation that's just consuming us, you know, that God can actually take care of it. We half believe it's like, yeah, he could, and actually he will for someone else. I find that oftentimes it's easier to believe for others because you don't have the emotions attached, right? You're not feeling the pain. The pain is not like consuming you. And so it's easier to believe for others than it is to believe for us. Or it's, sometimes it's easy to believe for little things. Like, you know, small things I can believe for because if they happen, great. If they don't, it doesn't change my life that much. And so I don't have to test my faith. I don't have to put my belief there on the line. You know, I feel like a lot of times we are consumed by fear. Fear is what makes us go, okay, I serve God and I know he's for me, but I'm afraid to even ask for this because, well, maybe I got myself into the situation. And I know that if I, if I pray for this, God may give me steps and then I have to take steps. Or, you know, if I believe God for this and he doesn't show up, will I be able to handle that he said no? Because I think he didn't show up. But maybe the answer is just no. Right? And so I feel like there's like this, even within inside the body of believers, even inside of people that profess themselves Christians. Now, it's one thing to be, you know, I don't believe in God. And so, eh, I don't, you know, that's, that's one category. But for those that believe in God and to feel like God is small is just not okay. It's not okay. Because the Bible says from the beginning in Genesis, it says that the spirit of God hovered over the waters. Right? Now think about it for a minute with me. Think about the magnitude of our planet. Think about the, you know, the bigness of this world. And think about the spirit of the Lord hovering over the waters. That's not a small spirit. That's a big spirit. That's a mighty spirit hovering over the face of the earth, right? He's hovering over the face of the earth. That means he consumes the earth. So our God is not little. He is big. But oftentimes we make him little. Now, here's why I brought my, I asked my friend Valeria to get boxes and gave her very little detail, poor thing. I said, give me different sizes of boxes. She was like, what does that mean? She did a great job. Can we clap for Valeria? She got great boxes. I'm going to start with box number one, right? Because box number one, because I feel like we place God in boxes. In our minds, we compartmentalize what God can or cannot do. And we place them in boxes. And so... I can believe for good grades. Like, anybody in school? Yeah, yeah, baby. Yes. I can believe that for good grades. I can believe that God can maybe help me remember the stuff that I'm learning and I can get good grades. And so, like, that's the size of my God. My God is able to give me good grades. Or he's able to give me a discount when I go shopping. Anybody pray like that? God, let me find 50% off because my husband's going to kill me. 
know, you know you've been there. We could believe for God to give you favor in certain things, right? That he would give us favors, that he would give us wisdom, and we can fit into, so God fits in this little box. But I want to tell you, God is not in this box. He is not this little, so I toss that box. We can believe for, right? Okay, so maybe my God is this size. And so I can believe for, I mean, let's be real, a parking spot during Christmas in the mall. Like that's a little bigger, right? It's a little bigger than this count, let's be real. A parking spot, God, I can believe that you can, you know, find me a parking spot. Or I can believe that, you know, um, I don't know, maybe I will uh, lose five pounds this week. God's going to help me. Because we pray for this stuff, right? It matters to us. We pray. And I, listen, this is not to neglect that we pray for things and we give things to God and we give him our worries and anxieties. Yes. But I'm just talking about the size. How much can we believe for? Right? So I could believe that he can give me a parking spot or that I can, he can help me lose some weight or that, you know, like, I don't know, something amazing. But that's not enough. Then, a little bit bigger because this is going to determine maybe what I'm going to become or what I'm going to do with my life. So I, I can believe for getting into the right school. For those of you that are younger in the room and are trying to figure out degrees in colleges or trying to figure out, you know, if this is, you know, a potential date or not. Should be praying about that, by the way. Potential date or not. Or if you're trying to figure out, you know, what, what a school your kids are going to get into, which is also big, especially in this area. I mean, it was a, you know. It was a considerable prayer of mine. What school, what elementary school, this is not going to determine her future, guys. But what elementary school is she going to get into? So I can pray for that and I could believe for God to answer my prayer in that. But let's be real. God is bigger than that. So I go to the next one. Yeah, I'm getting loud. I'm getting loud. Then I go, okay, bigger. I can believe God for a new job. Because I need a new job because I need to provide for my family. And so God can give me a new job. Or he can give me a promotion in this job. And I really need him to open up some doors because it seems like I'm not being noticed. And I put my effort in. So I'm going to need God to intervene. I'm going to believe God to give me a new job. Okay. I can believe God for a spouse. Who's praying for that? I can believe God to provide me with a spouse. I can believe God for sending me children. I've been praying for children. I've been praying to get pregnant. Those are big prayers. They are big prayers. I can believe God for my lost, a lost friend to be saved. Right? Those are bigger. They require more faith. They require the box to be a little bit bigger. But can I tell you, he's bigger than that. He's bigger than that. And the mighty ones, right? The ones, I can't hold two boxes in one, guys. I'll just start with that. <laughs> the big one. I can believe for healing. The doctor said, there's no chance. I, can, I don't even know what it is. Or the doctors have told you what it is, but it's just impossible. There's no healing. Or I can believe for things that are dead, for dreams that have died, for marriages that have died, for um, people that are, I mean, that, that have been pronounced 
dead. And I know that seems intense, doesn't it? But God is bigger than that too. And what I want to tell you this morning is that we think that God cannot work on our behalf, not because we don't believe in God, but because of our vision of God is little. Not because we don't believe in this God that we serve, but because we somehow, somewhere along the line, got stuck on the idea that God can do only certain things. But he can't, he's not limited. And I love that today we sang about, you know, God of the impossible and God of miracles and God of, because we need to get this inside of us because oftentimes we don't even pray for it. We don't pray because we don't really believe that he can do it, right? It's done. Oh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to put my faith out there because I don't even know if he, if he could do it. And so I want to read a passage to you. I want to read a passage to you to talk, that talks about um, a couple of passages that talk about the size of God. And the first one is in Genesis 18, 14. And it says, is there anything too hard for the Lord? Now, the context of this passage is God was talking to Abraham, and he was going to give him a son. And Abraham was past the age of childbearing. We'll, we'll, we'll say it that way. He was pretty old. And God was going to give him a son, and Abraham was like, this is just crazy. Like, there is no way. I mean, mind you, Abraham had stopped praying for children, can you think about that? Like at that point, he wasn't, he told God, hey, if you're going to do something through me, you're going to have to do it through my servant. Because I'm not, I, I'm past that. I'm past the, 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 way, the, the potential. I am done, you know what I mean? I'm past the possibility. I'm past that. So he said, God, if you're going to do something, no, you're talking to God. And God is telling you, I'm going to give you a son. And you go, well, God, you're going to have to do it through him. I'm sorry, what? God is telling you, I want to do it through you. I'm going to give you. And oftentimes we are so limited in our thinking and we box God so much that God is telling us, I am building something in you. I am giving you a dream. I am giving you the next step. I am giving you something. And you're trying to pass the baton to someone else. Not because you don't believe in God, but because you, your limited perspective of what God can do. We place him oftentimes in the limitations of our own self. You know, if I can't do it, then God can't do it. If I can't handle it, then God's not giving it. Like, if I, if I can't, well, it's not about you. It's about what God wants to do through you. It's about where he wants to take you and the people he wants to reach. And it's about, you know, the, the, his kingdom plan for this earth. And so we, should, we need to learn to take our our. our, our Focus out of us and look at the magnitude of God. Here's the other thing I realized that oftentimes when we're going through things and when we have problems, what happens is we focus on that problem and that's all we can see, right? All we see is the situation. All we see is what's not working. All we see is the impossibility. All we see is how we failed. All we see is how this thing didn't work out. And this is all we see. And we magnify that problem in such a way that we're consumed by it. And I want to tell you this morning, I want to encourage you because shift. When you shift the focus to God, the Almighty, the one that's been hovering, that hovered over the face of the earth. When you fix your eyes on the possibility of God, all of the other things, all of those become really small. 
And you can put those things in those boxes. You know, because God is way bigger. There's a passage in Ephesians. I'm going to read this passage. Ephesians 1, 18 through 23. And this has been my prayer. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. We need to pray that our hearts would be enlightened. That we would be able to see what we need to see. That we wouldn't see what's in front of us, but it would say beyond. So that you will know what is the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? Pause for a minute. Do you know that you have an inheritance? I don't know about you, but if you get a phone call, I mean, I would. If you get a phone call and say, hey, you received an inheritance, who would be happy in here? I'd be like, dude, I don't care if it's $5. I, yay. Right? You have an inheritance. You have a promise. And the Bible says that his promises are yes and amen. And so the promise that has been given will not be revoked no matter what you do. So he has given you a promise. He has given you an inheritance. And sometimes what happens is we get afraid of the inheritance. God, I don't know if I can handle all of that. I don't know if I can handle what's been given to me. You know, and I want to encourage you to, this morning that he has given you an inheritance. But not only that, he has given you the tools and he has given you the map. It's the word of God. He has given you the map to accomplish what he has given you, the inheritance he has given you. So you have an inheritance. Remember that. And what is the surpassing greatness, greatness of his power toward us who believe? Oh, if we could understand. I'm coming back to that after. If we could understand the power that is available to us who believe. Power. Guys, we sang about this. And it frustrates me when we come to church and we sing. That's not the part that frustrates me. It's when we go home and we forget what we sang. That's what frustrates me. We forget what we sang. We spent 30 minutes worshiping and singing and, and declaring songs of his greatness and of his goodness, his magnitude and his power and miracles and impossibilities. And yet we go home, we walk out of these doors and we go, okay, back to life. This is not the life he called us for. This is not what Jesus has called us for. He called us to live a life of power, which means that wherever we go, we have the power of Jesus inside us. Wherever we go, we are walking in power. We are walking with authority. We are walking with Jesus wanting to use us. We are walking with Jesus saying, hey, I'm going before you, and I'm making crooked paths straight, and I am healing people, and I am doing things. Just get on board. Can we get on board with what God is doing? He has given us power. We are not weak. Can I say that to you? Please do not shrink back. You are not weak. You are not a victim. You have already won because the Bible says that the, that the gates of hell will not prevail against us. The church. We are the church. We have power. We have authority. We need to walk in that. Please stop walking about life going, if God would just. God has already. God has already. And we need to walk in that. These are in accordance with the working of the strength of his might, which he brought about in Christ when he raised him from the dead 
and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. Far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named. Not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things. Can somebody say all things? All things. Not some things. All things. In subjection under his feet. Now. Let me, let me finish this. Talking about. And gave him as head over all things to the church. Who's the church? Say me. All right. Who's the church? Which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Now, walk with me. Jesus came to earth, died on the cross, was resurrected. And he said that in that, I am doing this so that I may forgive your sins. Right? I'm doing this so I may forgive your sins, provide you with salvation, which means reconciliation with the Father, right? Provide you with salvation, and then give you power. Give you power to live the life and the calling that I have placed in you, right? So this is what Jesus did. He came, died, forgave us, got us back with God. Now we have this communication going, and he goes, okay, I'm giving you power. You're not just, you know, walking about earth waiting until you go to heaven. The goal is not to wait until we get to heaven, the goal is to be filled with power right now to get out there and do what he's called us to do, to heal lives, to help people find Christ, to live the life that is to our fullest potential, to create, to build, to, I mean, make new things, to excel, to get Nobel Prizes, to be the president, whatever you want to be. That's the goal. Because God has designed us to live in abundance here. Abundance now. Let's not wait until heaven. Because heaven is going to be great, but there is a great for now. Amen. Now I'm going to ask you, for you, what are you magnifying? What has taken all of your energy? What, has, what, what is the focus of your life? Because the, if the answer to that is anything other than God, I'm going to encourage you to shift it today. I'm going to encourage you to shift it. Because God is looking to do something in his church and in his people. He is looking to awaken us to, to, to the move, to what he's doing on this earth. He's looking for people who will say, you know what? I'm going to take my eyes off of this and put it on you. I'm going to take my eyes off of this stuff and I'm going to put it in you. And Philippians 2.10 says, at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. Of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth. There's also a passage in, in uh, Isaiah 14, 27 that says, For the Lord of hosts has planned. And who can frustrate it? Who? Who can frustrate what he's doing? And as for his stretched out hand, who can turn it back? When was the last time you saw God's hand stretched out to you? When was the last time you thought, God is going to do something amazing and I'm just going to hop on board? When was the last time you dug your heels in and said, you know what? This looks like a royal mess right now. But, my God, he's stretching his hand out to me and I'm going to take his hand. I'm going to take it. I'm going to believe I'm going to believe that he's working on my behalf. I'm going to believe that even though I don't see it right now, it's already been done. I'm going to believe that he is working on my behalf. He would not put me on earth to just stand the way I am right now. That is not the promise of God. The promise of God is for growth. The promise of God is freedom. Who Christ has set free will be free. It's free. 
Okay, the promise of God. If you're not seeing what God has, promises, has promised in his word, then you're not there yet. You haven't arrived. Right? If you're not seeing it, that means God wants to do more. Let's not be complacent and settle where we are, but let's keep pushing forward to see what he has for us. See, J.D. and I were praying for the church about a couple of weeks back, and this is when it started to kind of turmoil inside me. Because we were sitting and we were, you know, praying for you guys and praying for things and declaring things. And in our spirit, I mean, in the moment, we, we just felt, I will see the salvation of God. And it was specific people that we were praying over and God was like, you will see it. And I tell you what, there's a fire inside when something in you says, huh, I will see it. I will see it. And we are believing for God to do miracles. This has been the year of miracles, the year that we're proclaiming that things are going to shift for you. And I'm going to encourage you this morning. I'm going to invite you because we're gonna, I'm going to ask prayer people to come up here. And we're going to take some time. My message is shorter today because we're going to take time to pray. Because it's God who does it and not us. And we believe, we believe that when you just partner with God, when you just shift your perspective to say, God, I'm lining up with you, whatever that means. I don't even know what that means. But I'm lining up with you. When we line up with God, he's going to begin to show up in miraculous ways. And we know, I mean, we did not move here in vain. Can I say that? I did not move in here to see people stay bound. I did not. We did not move in here to see people stay locked up in chains, feeling like they're depressed and full of anxiety and just cast down. We did not move here to see that. We moved here to see the power of God, and we will see it in 2017. That is a declaration. We started this year. God placed in our hearts that it was a year of miracles. Now, you can join that or you can say, I don't want it. That's up to you. But if you want miracles, if you want God to show up in your life, I'm going to encourage you. It might look different than what you thought, but he will show up. All he wants is somebody to say, I want it. I want it. So I'm going to ask you guys to stand.